Chapter 2 Boris? John asked. Boris? Morris, damned if I remember what he said his name was. Certainly wasn't Tom Smith. He's no American, and that's all that mattered. Anyway, bring your men in. We owe you a debt of gratitude. The old man spat on the ground and fixed John with a crooked stare. I gotta say, that little sniff test you gave us worked like a charm. There was a cold, deadly look in a man's eyes when he was luring you into a trap. The people gathering around John now didn't have it. The old man hopped into the driver's seat of a truck and led them into downtown Huntsville. But using words like downtown to describe what John was seeing was beyond an overstatement. In truth, Main Street Huntsville was little more than a strip of small shops, gas stations, and double-wides, leaving John hard-pressed to find a building taller than a single story. Even the mayor's office was a bungalow that bore an uncanny resemblance to a funeral home. Following close behind, in a snaking column, was the convoy of pickups from Oneida. The men's hackles were up, and perhaps it was best that way. None of them, including John, were entirely sure what they were getting themselves into. The only thing that helped set their minds at ease was the firepower they could bring to bear if things went sour. The old man pulled into the parking lot facing the mayor's office, and that was when John saw it. An imposing oak tree to the left of the building. The last of the pickups pulled in and stopped. The men in the truck beds stood, many shielding their eyes against the sun to get a better look. They weren't kidding, Moss said, leaning into the steering wheel. John opened the door and stepped out, his AR at the low-ready position. The old man was out, too, pointing at the tree. What'd I tell you? There's Boris and his friends. Four bodies hung from one of the oak's stout branches. Secretly, John had hoped he might get a chance to interrogate Boris and perhaps gain some valuable intel, an opportunity they'd missed with the chairman. What happened? John asked, realizing only after how foolish the question probably sounded. What do you think happened, son? We hung those commies. The Russians weren't communists, but John wasn't going to start splitting hairs. I see that. I guess what I meant was, how did it happen? There was a terrible battle in Oneida when we ousted our imposter and many innocent people lost their lives. Like I told you, the old man said, once we got your radio signal advising us about the invasion and the fifth communists. Columnists. Pardon? Fifth columnists, John said, elbowing Moss, who was doing his best to stifle a giggle. Never mind. What happened after you received our warning? Nash worked his toothless jaw, as though he was still finishing dinner. The townsfolk, we had a secret meeting. See, this Boris and his men tried to take our guns. But that ain't how things work in the state of Scott, John smiled. Moss here told me all about that. Folks here like to do things their own way. We hid the best guns and handed over busted-up twenty-twos and target shooters. You gotta give them something so you don't rouse suspicion. 
John glanced over and noticed none of the corpses seemed to have any bullet wounds. But how did you... Heck, we did what any good Southerner would do. We killed him with kindness, Nash said as he slapped his knee and let out a hearty burst of laughter. Seriously, though, we threw a banquet and before we ate, everyone stood up to sing the national anthem. Any red-blooded American knows you don't sing the national anthem before eating. You say the Lord's Prayer. Well, when they went along with it, that was our first hint. They might not be who they said they were. And then we watched their lips as they pretended to sing the anthem. I think they got as far as dawn's early light before they started lip-syncing worse than that Britney Spears girl. Anyway, by that point we'd seen more than enough and gave him a great big serving of arsenic mashed potatoes. Nash was...